We were designed to hunger for the deep things of God, to thrive on faith and wonder, to seek out divine wisdom that defies human logic. We were designed to unlock the mysteries of God. This is Breathing Underwater. Welcome back, dreamers. This is Margot. You are listening to Breathing Underwater. This is episode seven. Seven just so happens to be a very cool number, an important number, a holy number. You're going to see seven all over scripture symbolizing different things, but what you're going to see it mean the most is divine perfection, spiritual completion, and rest. You're going to see it mean this the most because... When God created the world and mankind, he created the world in six days and on the seventh day he rested. So technically the creation story was seven day period and he rested on the seventh day because creation was full. It was complete. It was perfect. So this is a holy number in the same way the scripture says, take the Sabbath day, take the seventh day, that's what that means, and make it holy, make it one of rest. So if you are seeing sevens in your daily life, if you keep looking at the clock where there's a seven, if you keep having dreams about sevens, if you're just running into sevens and double sevens all over the place, you can be sure that God has just given you a little wink here and is drawing you to himself. And I would go to him and say, okay, God, what are you marking for me as complete? What are you marking as perfect in my life? What are you saying rest over in my life? I actually have had some pretty specific seven-year cycles in my own life after seven years, a big move or a big change, and I just completed a seven-year cycle here just in my life recently and have stepped into a transition into a new season. So sevens are really important, and I think all numbers are just fascinating because God speaks through them so often. If we're paying attention and we give it value, he's going to show us what it means. So because today is episode seven, it only felt right to take the seventh episode and make it holy. (laughs) I actually already felt a tug in my spirit about uh, putting a flag in the ground today over a particular topic. I have been just nudged by the Lord over the past weeks to talk again and speak to just the sacredness of this topic. So I'm going to actually share with you today a dream that I had. In the last couple weeks where I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me even more about this topic of of sacredness and holiness, specifically in the arena of dream interpretation. And I really feel it's an invitation for all of us today to put a flag in the ground and say, this is what I'm about going forward. This is where I'm making my stand going forward. And I'll explain a little bit more about that but I'm going to share my dream with you. So I'm not going to give you all the details because they're not necessarily important, but just the meat of what happened in the dream. I, in the dream, was with a woman that I know pretty well. It wasn't about her at all, so I'm not going to mention who she is, but her name meant something in the dream, and I knew it did while I was dreaming. So I'm with this woman in my dream. We're in a room, and it's pretty dim in this room. 
she and I are having a conversation about dream interpretation, actually. She's telling me that she's a part of a program where she's learning dream interpretation through some other person. And I thought, oh, that's amazing. Tell me about it. What are you learning? Just dialoguing with her. And as we started to talk, I could tell that she was a bit confused. And I started to get discernment about some things that she was missing. It felt like she was kind of missing the point to some of this. And at one point she asks me a question like, do you really think I need to go through this program? And I said to her, wait, wait, we're missing the point here. I I think what we need to address is the burglary that's going on, the burglary. And as soon as I said the word burglary, as soon as it exited my mouth, she went down to the ground under the power of a demonic spirit. And I could tell immediately in this dream, oh, here we go. This is a deliverance dream. I've had quite a few of these where I'm actually exercising and practicing my authority over the demonic in my dream. So I started to pray and cover her and basically could tell that this had a stronger grip on her than I had anticipated. And as I continued to pray, the spirit started to spin her on the ground. And I immediately thought of a scene from Lord of the Rings. Yes, I am totally that girl who's going to quote Lord of the Rings. Really hope some of you are Lord of the Rings nerds too. Please holla at me if you are. But there's a particular scene where Saruman and Gandalf are actually having a battle. And so when I saw this happening in the dream, I knew immediately that this was a spirit of sorcery. So I continue this authority and deliverance in the dream. And during that, I wake up. And when I wake up, I can tell that that dark spirit is definitely in my room. I can feel it there. And I'm not afraid, but I just continue to pray. And eventually it dissipates and I fall back asleep. So of course I knew that this was a very significant dream, but I did not have the wherewithal to process it until I woke up. So I'm glad that I did. I also knew intuitively that the woman in my dream was not literal, that she was representing something or her name must mean something. So when I looked up her name it all started to make more sense. So her name means clear pool and holiness. And the scripture that went with the spiritual connotation of her name is one that I know well. It's Proverbs 9, 10. And it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So here's the interpretation of the dream. And here's why it matters. So I believe that God was showing me very clearly about this whole topic and realm of dream interpretation. That was the topic of the dream. That was the focus of the dream. And this clear pool and holiness was being burglarized by a spirit of sorcery. Now, I, Margot, have just walked into this world, in the podcasting world, to teach in this space and this fear over dream interpretation. And I don't think I have to explain to you or convince you that the bulk of what you're going to find, if you're going to Google something about the interpretation of a dream or the meaning of symbols or the meaning of numbers or any of that stuff, the bulk of what you're going to find is absolutely going to be new agey and witchcrafty. And I would say has its source in sorcery. Or you're going to hear or read uh, someone interpreting a dream that very much sounds like your horoscope being read or a crystal ball being read where it's negative, 
it's just giving you a flat interpretation. It's not interactive. It's not relational. The source is not the spirit of God. So I think that God was really just just showing me something I already knew, but confirming, hey, we're walking into this realm where this has been burglarized. The purity of this, the holiness of this topic has been burglarized for a long time. And it's time to make it sacred again. This is his, and it's always been his. And in this podcast, we are going to take every measure to protect the holiness and the sacredness of this. And this is something that is very important to me. And deep down at the core of who I am is to call holy what is holy and call sacred what is sacred and to protect it. Now, there are some really practical ways that we can do this. And I would say the first way really is to just continue to value this. I believe if you're listening to this podcast, you're already valuing this. But there's always more, there's always more intentionality that we can give it. And one of those ways is really recording our dreams and going to bed with expectation and actually hallowing or making holy our night seasons. In Hebrew culture, the day actually starts in the evening. So as the evening comes, that next day is beginning. This is why Jewish holidays begin at sundown. Even Shabbat on a Friday starts at sundown because sundown to sundown is a day. And this was even established in the creation story. When God was creating night and day, he separated the light from the darkness. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. There was evening and there was morning. So evening was first. This is the beginning of our day. So what does it look like to make this holy, to make this time sacred? Well, that can look like whatever that needs to look like for you. Slowing down. Getting off of our screens. Reading the word, listening to our hearts, journaling, turning on worship music, turning on beautiful music, turning on peaceful music, and actually just being intentional in entering into rest. There's that word rest again, number seven, entering into rest, preparing for rest. Because the seventh day was holy. Rest is holy. And this is actually what our night is meant for. It's meant for rest. And in the rest, this divine communication comes. So we can actually make this space holy, honor the holiness of it by even creating structures around our nighttime, our sleeping time to say, I'm really going to value this. I'm not just going to zone out on the TV until the last moment and then get into bed and go to sleep. So we're wondering why we're having all these soul dreams or all these processing dreams and we're not actually preparing our spirits and our hearts and considering this time holy if we're just rushing into it like that. So that is one of the ways that we can do this. Now again, this isn't about this isn't about perfectionism. This is just about being intentional. Another way I believe that the speaking through dreams, that him speaking through dreams, it is all about relationship. This is one of the main differences of interpretation that we're going to see in the world. First of all, I don't believe they're following the Holy Spirit, although sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks, is speaking all the time for those that can hear. But we are relying on a different spirit. We are relying on the Holy Spirit of God. But we are also getting this interpretation, going after interpretation, unlocking these things because we want to know him more and we want to know ourselves more. We're not going after information. 
for information's sake. We're going after intimacy. And this is a really big difference. If you're going to a palm reader or you're going to go get your horoscope read, you're after information. You're not after a relationship with God. (laughs) You want to know what's going to happen so that you can protect yourself or so you can plan ahead or so you can find some hope in something that another person has said. It's not about connection and relationship with God. But this space of dream interpretation, this space of hearing God's voice in any capacity is about relationship and intimacy first and foremost. It is so relational and that in and of itself is sacred. That in and of itself is worth protecting. So let's continue to have that mindset as we learn about symbols, as we learn about the meanings of different numbers, as we learn about what the symbolic meaning of of an animal might be. This is not new agey. This is God's first and foremost. It's always belonged to him and it's been burglarized. It's been burglarized. And we get to reestablish the sacredness of this. And I consider it an honor. Going back to Proverbs 9.10 that I just referenced, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. This is speaking exactly to what I was just talking about with relationship. When scripture talks about the fear of the Lord, It's not talking to being afraid of God because he's scary, (laughs) even though he is so powerful. And sometimes in his presence, it can feel, you can feel this kind of overwhelming reverence. And that is what fear is talking about. The fear of the Lord is talking about awe and reverence for, for God being God. So the awe and reverence of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom hasn't even begun. We're on a completely different track if we're not honoring God as God. The next part says, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. This word knowledge here is not head knowledge. This isn't, oh yeah, I know things about God. Therefore, I have understanding. That's amazing. It's important that we know things about God. It's important that we have head knowledge. But this word knowledge means to know in an intimate way, to know in an experiential way. This is how we gain wisdom, is fearing the Lord, having awe and reverence for him, and by really getting to know in an experiential way the Holy One, whether that's through reading scripture and journaling or having dialogues with God or learning about him through other people, knowing his character, knowing the kinds of things he would say, knowing the kinds of things he cares about knowing the kind of things that are on his heart. That is how we are going to rightly interpret what God is speaking through our dreams. Because we can have, I can put interpretation on any symbol that I want to. That doesn't mean it's the interpretation. This isn't a moment of just a human opinion, placing meaning on words through their own lenses. No, we want to know the intended interpretation that comes through God, through his heart, from his heart to ours. And on this topic of going after information over intimacy, which is absolutely, I think, what we see in the world and can be so self-protective and really tempting, even for us who are walking with God, sometimes we think that if we have information that we'll be kept safe. And I am totally guilty of this especially in times when I've had dreams that felt fearful or something was happening where I thought, oh my gosh, 
I bet there's some meaning here that I need to understand. Like something bad is going to happen and I'm need and I'm being warned. But the fruit, the actual ex- experience of that dream, the result of that dream was fear. I'll tell you first and foremost right there. If you are feeling the fruit or the result of a dream is fear. If you're feeling fearful as soon as you have a dream, the source is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not feel like fear. Now, that doesn't mean there isn't a dream about a warning or something, but the actual experience of it is going to be one of being drawn to God, of looking for an answer, not trying to protect yourself, not feeling like I'm alone in this, something bad is going to happen. That's a foreboding spirit. That is not the spirit of God. So even our desire to just have information so that I, if I know what's going to happen, I'm speaking to some of you here, I can feel this. If I know what's going to happen, if I can hurry up and just figure out this riddle so I have this information, then this information and knowledge will protect me. And that is absolutely not true. We are then relying on something or someone else other than God to protect us. And this is a part of our discipleship journey. This is a part of our transformation. This is a part of letting go of what we use to protect ourselves and allow God into that place. This reminds me of the story of Adam and Eve eating the fruit at the beginning, of course, back in Genesis, a famous story, but one I definitely think is worth looking at again here. So in this story, the serpent comes to Eve and he asks her, did God really say that you can't eat from any of the trees in the garden? So the very first thing he does is comes and says, did God really say that? Are you sure you didn't misunderstand that? Maybe you should doubt what you heard. Maybe you didn't really hear God. Maybe there was a misunderstanding. Sound familiar? Yeah. This serpent is still doing this same old trick. The second thing he says is, well, she responds to him and says, no, God didn't say that. He said we can eat of any tree except for this one, this one right here in the center. Because if we do eat of it, we will surely die. And the serpent comes in and he invalidates what God said and undercuts it and wants to basically call God a liar and say, no, you won't surely die. Basically, God's not telling you the truth. I have some information that God doesn't have. The truth is, is that he knows that if you eat of this tree, that your eyes will be opened and you will be able to know good and evil. Essentially, he's saying, no, God is lying. And there's actually knowledge that you can get and be like him if you eat this fruit. And I find this so interesting because Adam and Eve would walk with God in the garden in the cool of the day every day. This was the ritual. There was no separation between them and God. Face to face, speaking, asking questions, learning, being taught, communion, fellowship. Any need for wisdom or knowledge that they had They had the source of all wisdom with them right there. All they had to do was ask. They were in communion with him. They were talking face to face with him. And yet here's this moment of temptation. It's so interesting what Eve says or what it says about Eve. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. 
She also gave some to her husband. And of course, the rest is history. We know that after this moment, their spiritual eyes were opened and they recognized that they were naked and they felt ashamed. And there was this separation between them and God. And this is what we called the fall. And isn't it interesting that in this moment where she had all access to wisdom, that there was still this desire for knowledge and wisdom outside of relationship. There was this desire when she saw that the fruit of the tree was pleasing to the eye and it was good for food. And now the serpent has planted this idea in her mind that she'll be like God and that there's actually something for her to know and see outside of relationship with him. When she ate this fruit, everything changed. Everything changed. And this is a temptation for us today too is to go after information and knowledge for whatever reason, to keep ourselves safe, to make us feel like we're bigger and better than than we feel because we're insecure. But the reality is the fear of the Lord, the reverence for God being God is the beginning of wisdom. And the intimate knowledge of the Holy One is where there's understanding. And we have been restored after Christ was crucified died, buried, and rose again, we have been restored to that right relationship. And the curse was broken that came from the eating of that apple. And we have full access. We have full access to walk with God in the cool of the day and to receive wisdom from the source. And so that is what we're going to do here. That is what we are about in this podcast. This is a part of how we keep this sacred because it is sacred. I also want to point out that the first question that the serpent asked was all about doubting herself. Now, I know that this can be tricky, especially as we are learning to discern God's voice, as we're learning to trust ourselves. But this is something, this is something, my friends, that we absolutely have to do. We have to stop partnering with doubt and unbelief and self-doubt. Even those little sneaky lies of, oh, that probably wasn't God. Oh, that was probably just me. I don't think that was his voice. What if it was his voice? What if, but what if I get it wrong? What if I didn't hear God? Well, what if you did? What if you did? It's time that we don't turn to doubt as our knee-jerk reaction, that we actually turn to faith first because God is speaking. (laughs) He is speaking to us all the time, not just through the realm of dreams, but very much through the realm of dreams. And I believe he is ramping this up. I believe he is ramping up worldwide, speaking to, to people that know him and to people that don't know him. And that there is keys to interpretation of the messages of God that we can release to the world, but that God is also releasing through relationship and through intimacy. God is by nature a communicator. He is always communicating. One of his names is the word of God for crying out loud. (laughs) And he created the world with his words. He said, let there be. He said, let there be. And what I love in in Proverbs, I, I quote Proverbs a lot. I've been in Proverbs a lot lately. Just how much Proverbs talks about wisdom And it even uses an allegory of wisdom being a woman and actually being present with God at creation. Wisdom is a part of creation. So powerful. So powerful. And because God is always speaking and he loves to impart wisdom, 
of course he's speaking through our dreams. And it's so important that we don't doubt that we're hearing from him, but that we recognize, why would I doubt that? God is speaking. He wants me to hear him. He's my father. I'm his child. He loves me. He loves to communicate with me. Maybe you didn't grow up with a father or a mother that were very communicative. Maybe you had a dad that was more passive and more quiet. Or maybe you had parents that were not really interested in conversation, but more yelling and screaming. I don't know what your background was, but but our God is a communicator and he loves relationship. He loves to hear you speak to him and he loves to speak to you. He's a quality time God. <laughs> He's a quality time God. He loves to spend quality time. And this is something that we just get to continue to grow in, grow in believing. But when the serpent comes and tells you, did God really say that? Are you sure that that was him? No, that was all messy, kind of convoluted dream. Uh, that, that symbolism doesn't make sense. That's not very wise to, to think that there's actually some meaning in that. That right there is the accuser. That is the voice of the serpent coming to accuse God and coming to keep you from this treasure in knowing his voice. So we're not going to partner with doubt. We're not going to partner with unbelief. We're going to continue to call this realm holy. We are going to keep his communication to us holy. And we're going to have a posture of faith. Okay? Okay. Deal. Deal. So this is the stake we're putting in the ground today. I'm putting it in the ground again for myself and for this podcast. And I'm asking that you put this stake in the ground for you going forward. That we will not be moved from this posture of believing that this is a, a very holy thing and we will do our part to be intentional to protect it in our own thought life, in our own actions, and that we will renew our mind on the fact that we're going after intimacy and not just information. Okay. Thank you so much for stepping into this and trusting me with this topic today. It might seem really obvious or really straightforward or maybe even simple, but I cannot tell you the resistance that I have had on recording this episode. Of all of the episodes so far, this one has by far had the most challenges to get recorded. It's been interrupted. Just the amount of things that have gone wrong, I can't even tell you. So this this is of the utmost importance. I knew that, but I am just affirming that this is of the utmost importance. This is actually a really important spiritual work that we're doing by putting this stake in the ground today. So thanks for going the distance. I believe in you. And I would love to hear how you are experiencing the podcast, what you're learning. And until next time, happy dreaming. Thank you.